Welcome, and thank you for joining Sandcastle Theatre Company for an audio play reading of Emerging Voices, a selection of short plays by theatre students from Ruth Asawa School of the Arts. Our featured playwrights are Hannah Rudolph, Karen Ear, Colton Hitchcock, Lucia Pachinski-Hoops, Philip Wong, Itohan Idia, Sally Meeks, and Lon Lon Honda Rottler. We hope you enjoy the show. Valentine's Day is overrated by Hannah Rudolph. Wait, 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 wait. Yes? Can I please get ice cream? What? I want ice cream. I'm sorry, we're closed. Oh, you're not. Excuse me? You're closing. Hi, welcome to Living the Dream Ice Cream. What would you like to order? One scoop of vanilla in a cone, please. Your total is four twenty-five. Thanks. Happy Valentine's Day. What? Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Sir? You okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to lock up. Wait, Naya. What? Hi. Do I know you? Yeah, we dated in high school. Mike? Oh my God, Mike, I, I fucking hate you. I didn't even recognize you. Oh yeah, did you hear the arcade over there is closing? I think it's all your fault. How is it my fault? You broke three of their machines. Actually, two. You broke one of them. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, you pulled on the the thingy, the... The, the jo joystick? Yes, the stick. You pulled on it, and it made that noise you said sounded like your grandma's wheelchair. Jesus, yeah, that fucking wheelchair. Did you celebrate today with a special someone? No. Oh. Okay, I don't know. I just thought it was strange that someone's buying ice cream this late. I didn't mean it to sound like I was judging. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I get it. You okay? I heard about Layla. What do you mean? You don't seem okay. How do I not seem okay? You have that look. What look? Like you want to tell me something, but you're a pussy. Don't call me that. Like, don't call anyone that. Whatever, it's true. You're the one to talk. You look terrible. I am terrible. How come? Uh, I got dumped. Today, actually. Today? Oh, wow. I'm sorry. That's ironic. What? So you know how today is Valentine's Day. Yeah, you said that like a million times. That's because you were just standing there. <sighs> Go on. You dumped me on Valentine's Day. Oh. Uh, well, Valentine's Day is overrated anyways. 
Valentine's Day is cute. No, it's just a ton of sappy love songs and seeing people make out. I thought you liked that. Not really. Your ice cream is, um, it's melting all over your hands. Shit. I could get you a new cone if you want. No, it's, it's all good. I'm going to head off. Yeah. See you around. Wait, Mike. Yeah? Do you need to cry? What? Do you need anything? Naya, I'm fine. Okay. Wait. What? Can you stay? What? Can you stay? Really? A minute ago it sounded like you wanted me to leave. What do you mean? Like I can tell from the tone of your voice. You always had that tone. What tone? Like, you kind of get nasally like, oh sure, go hang with your friends. I don't fucking sound like that. I don't fucking sound like that. Oh my god, stop. I'm only asking you to say because, okay, like, this is going to sound stupid, but I swear this place is haunted. The ice cream has gone missing four times. Four times. Are you sure it's not someone stealing the ice cream? No, or... I swear it's a ghost. Doesn't this place give you the creeps? You're confusing me. <sighs> Do you miss that about me? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's nice sometimes. Really interesting people come at this time. Am I an interesting person? You are a very interesting person. That's why I liked you so much. Did you love me? Yeah. Did you love me? Yeah. Are you falling in love with me again right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're very bold. Is that bad? No, it's different. Different. I've always wanted to be intimidating. Am I intimidating? Oh, you are very scary. You're scary too. You make me nervous. I mean, I shouldn't be because it's not like we're going to ever talk again, so. But I want to like. Hmm? Never mind. Forgot what I was going to say. You have that look. What look? Just tell me. It was nothing. Sounded like something. No, it's embarrassing and stupid and insensitive. Not like I'm going to see you again. That's exactly it. I want to see you again. I want to, but I don't know how to explain it. I want to try to... Um, Naya. But you just got dumped and my feelings are getting the best of me when I know it's not right to feel like this because you're not the right person. But, well, now I sound desperate. But I am over you. I am. I just realized I forgot how much I missed you. We're both different now. I know. I don't know what I'm thinking. I wish I didn't say anything. I mean... How could you resist me? Oh, Jesus. Why are you here? Like, really? I knew you worked here. 
stalker. I'm not a fucking stalker. Whatever you say. I had nowhere to go, and I just needed to talk to someone, and you came to mine. And I wanted ice cream. Interesting how that's the only reason you came. The ice cream? Are you saying you're using me as someone who's just here for you? Are you mad at me? Yes, I'm mad. Like, what did you expect coming here knowing I would feel like this? And I just feel embarrassed. This whole time you were so nice to me. You sounded like you actually cared about what I was saying. But now I feel like you just sucked up to me for, I don't know, attention? Sure, I'm here for you. I always have been. But you're never there for me. Like, this is so, this is so you. Naya, how am I supposed to know how you feel two years later? It's not that. It's just, I don't know what you're trying to get out of this. I'm not trying to get anything out of this. I really needed you after what happened to Layla. Oh. So, that's what this is about. You know... I always thought about the different ways I could yell at you about this or make you pity me. I didn't come here intentionally to hurt you. I just needed support. I don't know. And the ice cream. <laughs> Mostly that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's just an awkward situation. Please come here whenever you want, but don't use me as a person who's there for you because you know me. You know that I'm the kind of person who always feels obliged to help people who don't try to help me. Of course. I didn't mean to come off like that. Sorry. <sighs> okay. I'm glad we came to terms on that. You're right. Valentine's Day is overrated. Actually, nah. I think Valentine's Day is great. Oh, is that so? What changed your mind? Honestly, this. Yeah? Yeah. I should go. Me too. I'll stop by again. Yes, please do. I get so bored. Sure, sure. What do you mean, sure, sure? You're just scared of the ghost stealing her ice cream four times. Oh my god. Bye, Mike. Bye, Naya. Hey, Naya! What? Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day! End of play. Last Dinner by Karen Ear. The play opens with two couples having dinner in a dimly lit restaurant. Thank you so much for having dinner with us. We should definitely do this again. Thank you for inviting us. It's getting pretty dark. We should get going soon. Yes, one second. Lucy, can I have your number? I'm sorry. I didn't want to bring this up, but your number? I couldn't contact you for weeks, and I just wanted to make sure you're okay. 
you know, we haven't had a drink together in a while. Oh, right. Um, I actually... We share devices. I'm sorry? Since we're newlyweds, we feel as if it's easier to manage our schedules together. Oh, really? You guys are doing so well. We share the same email and phone number. I'm sorry I wasn't able to contact you, Evelyn. It's just easier this way. We get to know what we're both doing. So is there any way I can get to you privately? Why would it need to be private? We share everything. There's not really anything to hide between us. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Ray, we need to step up our game. They're making us look like awful couples here. Oh, Evie, if we share emails, it would be bombarded by your annoying friends trying to get to me. That is not true. You aren't attractive to them, Ray. <laughs> they seem to disagree. Whenever I'm with you, I feel their eyes burning on my shoulders. It makes me shudder. Anyway, I'll be right back. Just need to run to the restroom. Lucy, will you come with me? Why would Lucy need to go with you? She can stay right here. In fact, we should get going. Oh, it's fine. I can go. No, you can go yourself. She doesn't need to accompany you. I need Lucy to help fix my hair up in the restroom. Ray and I are going to a jazz concert after this. Oh my, of course I'll help you with that. We now see Evelyn and Lucy in the women's restroom. Lucy, is everything all right? Everything's fine. Why wouldn't it be? You know, something's been off ever since you and Miles got married. Really? During this whole couple's dinner, you barely talked, and you played with your chocolate souffle. I know you would never do that. Oh, I did have a pretty big dish before dessert. It's not that. I'm worried about you. If Miles does anything, let me know, all right? Yes. So, is there really no way I can contact you? I'd love to have a drink with you again, like before. Well, not at the moment. It will happen someday, though. I was told. In the meantime, I can give you our address. Yes, please. That would be wonderful. Let me grab my bag. I'll write it down for you. Oh, it has a complicated street name. I think it was two S's, right? Or was it... Oh. Evelyn, did it just get really chilly in here? Oh, um, yeah. Do you want to wear my coat? No, 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 no. I just think my body's getting weaker because... I'm... Are you all right? Here, sit down. It's fine. I'm feeling a little lightheaded, actually. Not sure why. Is it from the wine you drink? Did Miles put something in it? The wine? Here, I have some medicine. It's for headaches and fevers. My goodness, I can't believe he would do that. Thank you. Well, I think my hair needs no fixing, and you were right. There are two S's. Oh my, you're turning pale. Are you sure you want to go back right now? We can stay here and talk until the medicine takes effect. I... I don't know. Let's stay here a little longer, all right? Meanwhile, Miles and Ray are still at the dining table. Something bothering you? Yeah. How long have you two been together? One year anniversary coming up in a couple weeks, so 
Not that long. One year. So you weren't aware of who Evelyn was in the past. Pardon? I know who Evelyn was before you two met. She was on trial with a friend of hers for drugging a friend of mine two years ago, but was set free due to lack of evidence. Two years ago? So you think she's still at fault? I think the trial didn't look close enough. I don't know what you're talking about. If you don't like her, say it to her face, not me. Do you want me to hate her or something? No, I just... Anyway, you and Lucy, huh? She's the only one who didn't drink her wine. We thought she loved red wine. She can't drink alcohol right now. She's... <laughs> She's with child. A child? Does that information shock you? No, no, it, it's not a problem. I'll, I'll treat myself to more wine since she isn't drinking hers. Would you like some? Why would you? No, I'll drink the rest instead. Just, just give it to me. Let's split it here. Oh, you, you, you spill the drink. Oh, sorry about that. Here, I'll help you. No, that's fine. I got it. I said I got it. I have more napkins. At least it was only on the sleeve. I'm stop. Just don't, don't touch me. Okay, okay. My hands are up. Jeez. Why the hell is it suddenly so cold in here? Are you sick? I have medicine. Want one? Thanks. Lucy, I need to check on her. In the women's restroom? I'll tell you when they're back, trust me. And Evelyn. I don't think I can trust her. My head. What kind of medicine is this? Hmm, I'm not so sure. You can't. Oh, would you look at that? Welcome back, Lucy. Where's Lucy? Sleeping. Miles. Almost there. And there we go. All right. Let's take them and go. End of play. Chekhov's Gun by Colton Hitchcock. Cassie and Jack are looking around an antique store. Jack nonchalantly and Cassie fervently. Cassie knocks over a lamp, which clatters as it falls, but catches it just in time with the lamp smacking against her palm. Careful, Cassie. I'm not in the mood to clean up lamp shards or buy shitty antiques today. Jack. This is the only antique shop that's open on Christmas Eve, so get over it. A store clerk notices Cassie's frantic searching and walks over, his footsteps getting louder as he gets closer. Oh, I couldn't help but overhear your query. May I be of some assistance? Yes, thank you. I'm looking for a present for my mom. Is there anything you can suggest? 
well, what does your mother like? Well, she really likes any kind of glasswork, like teapots and the like. Ah, I think I have something that should pique your interest, then. This shipped for a writer who lived not too far from here. The clerk takes down a gun with the name Chekhov on it. It clicks and clacks as he takes it down. He points it towards Jack by accident. Fucking hell, be careful with that gun. You could shoot someone. Oh, it's fine. I'm a very careful person. Be more careful, then. Oh, all right. Wimp. That's a really good-looking antique. What's it say on the side? Who's this Chekhov person? Anton Chekhov. Famous Russian playwright and short story writer. Pushkin Prize winner, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. At least, that's who I think he is. It's nice, but I don't think this is something my mom would like. She's not a writer, and she's more into glasswork. Like I said before. Not to worry. We have many of the fine pieces on display. Take a look. Uh, it's that way to the far right. Thank you. The clerk gestures over to a display case. Cassie goes and looks through it, her footsteps retreating into the farther part of the store. So... Have you gotten any business lately? You know, with the holidays and all. Oh, no, not much. I used to get lots of business, but that was before that awful murder that happened over in the glasswork aisle. Such a shame. The fucking what? Nasty old murder. Never did find the killer. Police say the only way they could have gotten away was through the back door. But I'm the only one with the key. Anyways, how have your holidays been? I mean, they've been good. Very good. Hey, I'm going to check in on Cassie for a second. Do you mind? Oh, not at all. I'll be here. Your friend's over there, by the way. The clerk gestures with the gun towards Jack. Jesus Christ, please stop waving that thing around. Sorry. Old habits die hard. <laughs> Coward. Jack quickly and carefully makes his way over to Cassie, with slow footsteps getting faster. She is still looking avidly at the glasswork. She didn't hear the conversation between Jack and the clerk. Hey, Cass, uh, we need to, um, leave. Now. Can't it wait? I'm deciding between two really good pieces I might want to give my mom. Cassie... I don't want to stick around buying shit that someone's died on, so let's go. What? Jack leans into Cassie's ear and whispers something quickly. Well, let's fucking go. Jack, no, I'm not leaving. Cassie, you're really freaking me out. This is the perfect shot for my mom's present. I'm not leaving. Cassie, I'm going to give you a moment to reconsider all the shit you just said. Look, I think you may have overreacted a bit, you know? It may just be that this guy just wanted to share some, um, interesting facts about this place. And he said we're his only customers in a while. So why not, um, give him a chance, you know? Cassie? gonna trust you on this that's all i'm, I'm 
not finished. I am going to trust you on this, but if we end up dead on the side of the road, I'm blaming you. Do you fucking hear me? Yes, yes, I understand. The clerk looks over at Jack and Cassie from the counter, beckons to Jack. Ah, Jack, I think I have some things behind the counter that you might like. Want a peek? Sure, yeah. The clerk reaches behind the counter, and Jack prepares for the worst. Clerk underwhelmingly pulls out a handheld radio. Oh, this is a nice radio. How old is it? Oh, not too old. I only got it just recently. Why do you look so nervous? Uh, it's, it's nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, who is this from? I got this from someone down the street. It's worth about $20, but he sold it to me for 10 You can have it for $15. Huh. I might just take this. It seems nice enough. A little Christmas present for myself. A word of warning, though. You might have to clean it out a bit. The blood kind of sticks up the system a little. The what? Oh, yes. It was like that when I bought it. It was a nightmare to clean it off the outside, so you might need a professional to clean the inside. But, all things considered, it was a well book purchase. For half the price, I might add. Uh, actually, I changed my mind. I think I'll leave this here with you for the time being. Oh, suit yourself. He pulls out a tray full of other items from under the desk. It clunks a bit as it gets set down on the table. What are these? Oh, just some more little odds and bombs from around the neighborhood. People come here and sell anything they don't want, and I take it off their hands. I'll take anything. Take a look. He gestures with the gun again. Please stop waving that goddamn thing around. What if it's loaded? Well, I'm actually not sure. He fiddles around with the gun. It makes clicking sounds as he moves it around. Oh, it is. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> ah, pansy. Please stop calling me that. The clerk does not respond. He does not hear Jack. So Jack looks through the tray, things clinking against each other, and picks up a little giraffe thing. Oh, well, that's an interesting product. You see, it looks like a little giraffe toy, but when you pull out its neck... The clerk pulls out the giraffe's neck with a swing to reveal a long, sharp knife. Oh, oh don't be worried. Like I said, I'm a very careful person. He puts the knife back into the giraffe, sets it on the table next to the radio. He then fumbles and knocks the tray off the counter by accident. Damn it. That's the fifth time today. <laughs> like I was saying, I'm like an acrobat. Never dropped anything in my life. This is where I die. <laughs> it was a nice run, but I'm going to die here. I'm going to die at this shitty little antique store? Jesus Christ! The clerk starts picking up the items off the floor, some clinking against each other. 
Cassie comes over, her footsteps getting louder as she gets over to Jack and the clerk very fast. What happened? I heard a crash. Oh, it's nothing, really. Uh, say, did you find anything for your mother? Yes, actually. I might have found the perfect set of teacups that I could ever get her. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I'll be picking up these little trinkets off the floor, but afterwards I'll be happy to sell the teacups to you. Thank you. And here, let me help you. Oh, you're too kind. Also, if you see anything else here that piques your interest, feel free to buy it. <laughs> Cassie helps pick up the items on the floor with Jack and the clerk. She picks up a fountain pen. Hmm, this pen feels a bit sticky. Oh, that belonged to the same author that owned the gun I'm holding. Whenever he ran out of ink, he would stab himself and use his own blood. I think that might have been how he died, actually. I got the pen for five dollars. Oh, that's... oh. Cassie is very scared now, quickly and carefully putting the pen down on the tray with a small groan of discomfort. She stands up with some things clinking around her feet. Hey, is there any bathroom I could use here? Oh, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm still cleaning out the blood from it, so it's going to be out of order for quite a while. But blood Oh, yes. I was getting a pig back there for my dinner, and it got everywhere. But not many people come here, so I've had lots of time to fix it. It's a lot of blood, so it's taking me a while. Is there, um... Any kind of porta potty? Unfortunately, no. I had them removed for reasons. He gestures with the gun towards Jack. The gun clicks and clacks as it moves. Though there is a very nice antique urinal if your friend wants to. Stop! Please! I'm begging you, stop waving that goddamn thing around! Oh, yes, yes, all right. Wuss. I can fucking hear that, you know! Hey, Jack, can you come with me for a second? Yeah, sure, okay. Cassie and Jack walk behind a display, out of earshot. Cassie, I said I trusted you, didn't I? Yes, you did, but... Why did you let me trust the man who has a secret giraffe knife and a radio full of blood? And a bathroom full of blood and a blood pin. I think we should leave. Definitely. Cassie goes over to the door, footsteps loud and fast, and tries to open it. It rattles, but it won't budge. Why is the door locked? Footsteps as the clerk comes over, hearing the rattling of the door. That door gets stuck sometimes. It's really no big deal. Um, no, I think it is a big deal. How are we supposed to get out? You could always just stay here for some time. Maybe a long time. Oh, fuck that. Is there another way out of the building? Oh, yes. There is a back door to an alleyway that you can use. I have the key with me. Yes. We'll use that. We are not staying here. No fucking way. Very well. Come with me. 
The clerk opens the door behind the desk, and Jack and Cassie walk through. Oh, a fun fact about this building. It was thought to be abandoned, but then the police found lots of dead bodies being tossed out of the door to the alleyway. They all had knife wounds from their chest to their... Well, it would be an understatement to say they were opened like a book. <laughs> Strange things did happen when I bought this place. <laughs> Jack, now scared for his life, quickly looks around and his eyes settle on the gun. He grabs it out of the clerk's hand with the gun making clattering noises and the clerk yelling in surprise and he points it at the clerk. He cocks it. Jack! What the hell are you doing with that gun? I can't take this shit anymore. I'm not gonna die here. Take this! Oh! Ah! Cut to black. Open in a somewhat messy office of a short story editorial company with a typewriter on a desk. Jacob is sitting in a lounge chair. Juliet is leaning against the wall, and Eli is sitting on a couch reading the manuscript of what just happened out loud. Eli finishes. And as I settle on the gun, grabs out the clerk's hands, picks it up, and points it at the clerk. He cocks it. Sounds of flipping pages as Eli finishes the manuscript. So... What do you think? Do you want the honest truth? <sighs> to be honest with you, I really don't think that you can really fit something like Chekhov's gun as the idea the whole play revolves around, you know? And I only know that's what it's about because you told me. So, <sighs> lots of edits need to be made. Yeah, I get that. Juliet, you're a fellow playwright. Anything of note, Dad? Not much. How long did you work on this for? Is it bad if I say somewhere between one day and three hours? Juliet stares at Jacob for a minute before shaking her head. Jacob, what I'm about to say is very important. You need to edit this play. The idea is pretty good, but the execution is lacking anything that makes it, well, good. I do like that you put your gun in, though. Agreed. Very nice. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to use. Uh, want me to take it down again? Hell yeah. I love it when you drop in things from your life into your plays. Yeah, I mean, I already know the thing inside and out, so I thought, why not? Footsteps as Jacob walks over to the gun on his mantle, clicking sounds as he takes it down and cocks it. Whoa, be careful. Don't just wave that thing around. Who taught you gun safety? A blind otter? Y'all, it's fine. I'm super... Wait. Jacob notices a sticky red substance on the barrel of the gun. What the hell is this? Let me just... Jacob tries to rub the substance off with his sleeve, and the gun goes off. <laughs> Sounds of Eli dropping to the floor are heard. <laughs> Eli. Eli! 
End of play. Unknown by Lucia Pachinski Hoops. The play opens to a therapist's office in a downtown high-rise building. Faint car honks and city noises are heard every so often. We see a therapist and a young woman seated across from each other. The therapist speaks first. How have you been feeling this week? Tell her I am here. No. Sorry, what? Uh, nothing. Uh, so... You have been feeling stuck in these vacuums of sadness, right? So when this happens, how do you take yourself back out? There's nothing I could do to stop, you know, feeling that way. What else is in these vacuums besides sadness? Me. Stop it. I'm sorry, Martha. What did you say? Um, death. Death is in the vacuums. That's what you think about. I try not to, but it just forces its way into my thoughts. I am not death, Martha. So when you say death, what do you think about? I just think, what will happen when I die? Because it's just darkness, right? Nothingness. And I think how, how just, I can't imagine nothingness lasting forever. It sounds terrifying. Tell her I am here. No. It doesn't sound terrifying? No, I mean, it is, but uh, you're supposed to tell me it's not. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tell me it'll all be okay, that it's not terrifying. Would you believe me? Oh no, Heather, she won't even believe me. Stop it. Martha, are you okay? Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, um, I wouldn't believe you, but it's better than you just confirming my fears. I don't think lying to you would help you. It's not lying. It's just telling me- Martha, maybe we should find out what about death scares you. I know it scares me. It's forever. Okay, well, death is a communal thing. So? So, everyone dies. Yeah, so? Just because it happens to everyone doesn't make it less scary. I will be with you, Martha. Shut up, shut up. I, I'm sorry, I just, we're all just gone then. It happens to everyone, but our lives are over forever. I can't even fathom it. But maybe they won't be. We really don't know, do we? There you go, Heather. Please stop. Martha, you keep whispering under your breath, and I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I just said all that religious stuff doesn't work on me. It's not religious. It's scientific. Scientists have been studying death, you know, forever. And still, we don't know what happens. I know my brain shuts off. I have no emotions, and I'm buried underground forever and alone. You won't be alone, Martha. I'll be with you. Tell Heather I'll be with you. I like Heather. Do you mind shutting the fuck up for a second? Excuse me? 
What? I know you might be upset, but please do not speak to me like that. I'm trying my best to help and support you and look no, out sorry. for you. I wasn't talking to you. Hey, excuse me. What's your problem? Martha, are you okay? You aren't talking to me? No, I wasn't. I mean, I am. I'm just frustrated. I'm sorry. Lying to your therapist is bad luck, Martha. Hey, why don't you answer me when I'm... Sorry. God, I just... I can't keep thinking about it. I feel like I'm a special test subject and everybody else lives without this awful awareness of death. And why can't you just prescribe me something or just... Just tell me a way to make it stop. Well, I am not a psychiatrist, so I also don't think that will help you right now. You just want me to come back so that you can make more money. No, I don't. I mean, I would love to talk to you again, but I don't want you to feel miserable. But this fascination with death is not something a drug can fix. It's not a fascination with death. No, I agree with Heather. You have a fascination with death, Martha. Just stop it, stop it, stop it. It won't ever stop. It just won't ever stop. Please, I can't. Let's talk about I don't want something... to talk. It's listening. And I, I know it. it's hard. Therapy is hard. So hard. People go to therapy for years, but the only way to get out is to push through this pain. Pain is okay. Maybe when you feel the thought of death coming, you sit with it and you listen to it. And no, I can't listen to it. It's like you don't understand. When I think about it, it's just, it's always there. Death scares me, yeah. But living with the fear and the the voice it's worse the voice yes i think that's a really great way to describe it why not live with the idea of an unknown future ahead because i told you i don't believe in that i am not talking about heaven i'm talking about the unknown there have been studies that show brain activity increases right before death to me that sounds like there's a possibility there is something unknown, something special that happens to us. There you go again, Heather. Gosh, you are just so insightful. What do you want? I swear to God, I'll smash my head into a wall if you don't shut the fuck up. Martha, it's not okay to make threats like that. I'm glad that you feel comfortable enough to tell me exactly how you feel and what you think, but threatening self-harm? I wasn't talking to you. Great session. I have to go. Martha, wait. I'll see you next week. Uh-huh. Martha, email me if you need to talk sooner. Don't worry, Heather. I have everything under control. Thank you. Scene two. Door shuts. Sound of someone going downstairs. Another door shuts. Wind. Cars honking. Hey, what's your problem? Hey! Pardon? Oh, sorry, I was just making a cup of tea. Would you like some? What do you want? Huh? 
Why are you so loud and annoying? What? I was just trying to be friendly. Can you just please be quiet? I just don't understand. What's so hard to understand? You feel lonely and scared, and I am here to eliminate the nothingness. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that your greatest fear? I mean, yeah, but you're not exactly comforting. What would be comforting? Not dying. Oh, Martha, when you die, I will be here with you forever. So much excitement to come. We will always be together now. Just you, just me, always together. Stop! Please. Just don't get in my head during important things, okay? Like therapy. I need that. You don't actually want me here? No, I do. Well, I don't know. Maybe. It's always or never, Martha. You know, people hate not knowing what's to come. They're lying if they say they aren't scared. But they push forward and focus on enjoying the life they have, not cowering in fear of the life they won't have. So, what? You're suggesting I just push through alone? Yes. I would be with you forever, Martha, even in death. Sometimes, I think, nothingness forever is better than annoyance forever. Don't you think? I guess we aren't exactly compatible. No, we aren't. Goodbye, Martha. End of play. The Exit by Philip Wong. On a dark, cold night, we see Esteban enter a McDonald's restaurant. Hey, what's up? Hey, Esteban, good to see you. Yeah, nice place you got here. Oh yeah, it's my pride and joy. Sure, at least you didn't pick a Subway or a Taco Bell. Yeah, I loved this place when I was a kid. I thought it was heaven. Uh, at least you're doing good. You working night shifts? Oh, yeah, got to keep this place running and safe. Know the feeling. Hey, can I get a 20-piece? Yes, ma'am, that'll be $5 with a little over for tax. Here's my card. Oh, you got a chip. Please insert the card, ma'am. Sorry about that. No problem. I'll have it ready in a minute. Oh, here's your receipt. Don't you have some workers to help you cook? It's cool. I like to cook. The workers don't deserve to work that late. Plus, barely anyone comes this late at night. Hey, but business is booming. All right, then. Hey, you want to take a seat? I'm a little lonely. Sure. Cool. Don't you work over at that auto shop on 8th Avenue? I don't think so. Well, thanks for letting me ask. Oh, no problem. You have kids? I bet they're so sweet. Yeah, I do. 
I would love to show you a photo, but Here's your I, 20 piece. Just wait a minute. Hey, relax. Take a seat, man. Oh, all right then. So, what's your name? I'm Anya, and what's your name? Well, as you can see, he's Pete, and I'm Esteban. Nice to meet you, Pete. Yo, where are you? I gotta make an order. I gotta schedule the run. Hello? Oh, perfect. You're the manager. What's the problem? Forget it. Whatever. I'll get a Whopper. Stop fucking around. Fine, get me a Big Mac. Okay, that'll be $4. Here, take some cash. What's your problem? Why the hell do you have such an attitude? Listen, I got a little something I want to show you. And what might that be? <laughs> Never mind. Forget about it. Take a seat and go wait for your burger. Pete, what's going on? I don't know. You know him? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Daniel. I'm Anya. Bestivon. It's just weird. You all feel cold. And chill. Have a seat. So, why are you here so late at night, Danny? You a busy person? Late? Man, you really don't know what's going on. How about you, Esteban? What are you doing so late? I'm here to see my friend Pete. He just opened his joint. I'm here to just relax a bit. Well, I'm here because I... Well, hey, we're here already. Let's just enjoy this banquet. Here's your Royale with cheese. Oh, thanks. Remember, I got my hand in your pocket. Huh? It's okay. Pete ain't gonna hurt you. Why are you here so late anyways? I think you should know. For sure. Don't I know you from somewhere? Aren't you the one who killed me? Oh, God. Yeah, 35 years sure do fly by. Uh, I'm only 33. You okay, Pete? I ain't talking about your age, Esteban. Uh, what are you talking about? It's been 35 years since I last saw you in my restaurant. 35 years of what? April 15th, 1983 at McDonald's on 12th Street in Geary. That was the last day we were friends. And it was the day the money stopped coming. And you abandoned me. You weren't there for her. What? When you went to prison, you abandoned me. What? I thought you would know. After all, you were her father. Anya, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what you're saying. I watched her die in front of me. And you know what was worse? You were not there. It's not my fault. Sorry I didn't help you, Esteban. It's just I wanted to see you and Danny die. Don't you even remember what happened? I, I remember seeing you. You just stood there and watched. You never came to help. You abandoned me when I needed you most. 
the fuck are you saying? You let me kill him. You pulled the trigger. The reason we fought is that I was standing up for you. Look, it was greedy before, okay? So I'm sorry, Esteban, and uh, I'm sorry, Pete. Sorry is all I'm going to get? You put me in prison for life. I never could see my daughter again because of you, because of your greed and your arrogance. You cost me everything. Well, if Pete wasn't such a broke little bitch, then maybe things would be different. The day it happened, I remember your look, Danny. I just knew you were going to take my restaurant. And not only that, my wife was sick and I was completely... Yeah, yeah, Pete, it's not my fault. Your wife died. kill you. I already killed him, Pete. Esteban. You couldn't take care of her. How can you blame me for her? What? Yeah, you're such a great father figure, Esteban. How can she look at people in the eye and say her father was a murderer? It was self-defense. Just shut up already. Pete, you shut up. It's all your fault. I can handle my own damn business. Yeah, Pete. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Shut up, everyone. What the hell is going on? Once you walk through the doors, they never open again. What? Yeah. Yep. What? How is that possible? I was the first one here. No, you weren't. But in truth, we have always been arguing. You're the one that walked through the door. I've been stuck here for years on end. Wait, that, why am I seeing this? Because you'll be dead soon. Yeah. And you'll join us. No, 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 no. I still love you, Esteban, but I want to see my daughter again. Oh, God. See you on the other side, Esteban. End of play. Reunited by Itohan Idia. A woman pulls up outside of a jail and honks her horn twice. We see a man happily skipping towards her. Hey. Hey, thanks for picking me up. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so how was it? <laughs> uh, interesting, I guess. I mean, the inmates were mostly friendly. Uh, Anyways, let's let's not talk about that right now. How's Maya? What do you mean, how is she? Do you know how hard it was for me to pick you up today? I didn't even want to see your face. Rebecca, I, I was just asking a question. Let's not do this right now. Maya is still coping. It was really hard for her. I know, but... We wouldn't have seen you for a long time if it wasn't for COVID. You still would have been in that cell. COVID saved your ass, which is 
pretty funny because COVID isn't really saving anyone's ass right now. Rebecca. What? I'm just saying. Look, I know it was tough on Maya, but I'm going to make it better. Don't worry. Yeah, sure. Oh, look who's calling. Oh, is that? Yes, it is. Wait, don't answer yet. Does she even know that I'm back? Uh... Rebecca? Look, I wanted it to be a surprise, but maybe it's a good time to talk to her, don't you think? I'm gonna answer. Wait, I'm not ready. I... Hey, honey. What's crack a lackin'? Yeah. Mom, don't ever say that again. Whatever. <laughs> Maya. I just picked your dad up. It was supposed to be a surprise, but if you um want to talk to him, he's here. And she hung up. It's okay. I don't blame her. Don't worry. It'll be fine. She'll warm up to you sooner or later. Yeah, I, I hope. Hey, how did Maya's face pop up on the screen when you called her? What? Oh, you mean FaceTime? Yeah, what the hell is that? Robert, you're kidding me, right? Uh, no. Wow, you were really in that cell for a while, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Wow. The house still looks the same, huh? Why would it look any different? I was just thinking maybe the house would look different since I left. What? You think the house would look like a dump just because you're not here? Why do you always have to pick a fight? I'm not. I'm just saying that I can keep a house stable without you, Robert. I never said you couldn't, Rebecca. Whatever. Let's just go inside, okay? We're home! Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Hi, Maya. How are you? Are you serious? Maya, I know you're upset, but your dad's here now. It's time to reconnect and move on. He left. I know. I hurt you, Maya, but I'm here. It's time to forgive, right? Yeah, sure, Dad. Let's just all forget how you went to jail and left me and Mom. That sounds like a great idea, huh? And she's gone. I knew this wasn't going to be easy. I mean, it shouldn't be, Robert. You really hurt Maya, and now it's time to figure out how you're going to regain her trust. <sighs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I know. I know. Coffee? <sighs> no, thanks. Look, I suggest you go up there and talk to her. I don't know how. I don't even know what to say. All I can think of is, I'm sorry. You'll know once you start talking. Trust me. I know you're mad at me. Please just open the door and... Maya, I just want to apologize for everything. I know I haven't been a good dad by going away and... 
Sorry. End of play. Awake by Sally Meeks. A teenager runs out to the middle of the street, a loud screech as the car tries to stop inches away from the teenager. A car door slams. Fuck. What was that? What did I hit? Not today. Please, not today. Please. Oh my God. That's a human. That's a, a teenager. I, I hit a teenager. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. Please, please, please. Please don't be dead. Alana stirs. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. She's alive. He drops to his knees. Christ. What do I do? He checks for a heart rate. Okay, definitely alive. Um, kid, wake up. He shakes her. Kid. Alana stirs. Yes, hello, can you hear me? Alana opens her eyes. Whoa, personal space, please. Thank God. Uh, where am I? Uh, on the street. So it. So it. What? Huh. I think so. Who are you? Oh, right. My name is Phil, and you're going to be okay. Wonderful. So it worked. <clears throat> you ran me over, right? No. Then why am I here? You ran out in front of me and my car hit you. Isn't that the same thing? No, one of them I stopped. The other one, you're dead. Oh. You sound disappointed. Well, yeah, a person only gets run over so many times in their life. Might as well be a good slam, a perfect arc of the body until with a sickening crunch, I crumple and then sirens or hmm, maybe silence and then that's sick maybe for you but you're alive give me an arm up won't you you aren't grateful not exactly no there we go i just saved your life no you just saved your neck excuse me well if you hadn't stopped i'd be dead Right. Most likely. I would have life-altering injuries and my parents would have made your life hell. Either way, expensive legal procedures. Yay. What is wrong with you? A lot. I'd better get going. Well, wait just a minute. What? Um, you just got run over. Yeah. And? So you've got to be in shock or something. Not really, no. What? But 
Yeah, I recover fast. No way. Sorry. I... You didn't walk in front of my car on purpose, right? Um... <laughs> okay, yeah, crazy thought, I know. Yeah, crazy. Wait. You did? So what if I did? So what if you did? It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal? Kid. Alana. What? My name. I figured that since you saved my life, you could at least get my name. <laughs> well, thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Well, if you're all done here, I have places to be. We are not done here. Yeah, we are. Oh, wait, where's my phone? Phil holds up her phone. Thank you. Nope. Excuse me? No. Not until you answer my questions. It's illegal to take someone's property. It's also illegal to jump in front of someone's car. You can't prove that. And you can't go anywhere without your phone. You want me to cause a scene? I think we're the only living things around. Huh. Now give me back my phone! Uh, no. Fine. I'm fine without it. Who's Dylan? What? Dylan. He texted you. Give me that! Not until you answer some of my questions. Look, if you don't stop doing that, I'm gonna smash this. Alana freezes. There we go. Now, are you okay? Am I okay? You were just hit by a car. Your car. My car. Are you feeling okay? Does your head hurt or anything? Personal space! Sorry. But, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Next question? Did you jump in front of my car on purpose? You did? Next question. So you tried to kill yourself? Nope. No? The opposite. The... Um, I was trying to save myself. How does that work? I... It, what do you need? I need to understand. Fine. Have you ever felt like you're stuck? Yeah. <laughs> we all do, especially. No, not just COVID stuck. It's like Groundhog Day, but... Instead of the same day, the day gets progressively worse. Yes. And your mind starts to break down, fall apart. Like you start hating your thoughts and then your brain and then your body for having your brain. And then the only person who was always free to listen to you isn't free anymore. And you're left alone because you're too needy and you, he's sick of picking up your calls. So you try and distract yourself with music until the music makes your head reverberate. Sleep, but you can't sleep because your brain won't shut up. So you try to be productive like everyone else. Try to force yourself to breathe, inhale, exhale, forget, but you can't. 
You can't forget and you can't focus for five minutes straight, but you don't have any excuses. You're fine. You are fine. You're fine. You're fine, but you're running out of reasons for everything and you, you can't even cry. You can't cry because you're not sad. You're cold. You're numb. You're empty and that's even worse. You're stuck sitting in your room, staring at a screen, and everyone else in the entire world is fine but you, and you just, you just want to scream. Wait, so you tried to kill yourself? Save myself. Because some boy broke up with you? Or because of depression? Because mental illnesses are no No, you don't get it. It's not because of him, it's because of me, all me, and I'm not diagnosed with any mental illnesses. You don't get it. I don't... Actually, maybe you're the right person to talk to? I don't know. I don't know. It's the problem. I don't know how to live anymore. I'm sick of my friends. They're sick of me. Everything I love doesn't matter. You know, I used to love school. I used to be smart, gifted, going somewhere, and then, bam, everything just stopped, and I'm stuck. Stuck, stuck, stuck. I just need to wake up. That's it. Just wake up. I need to get off my phone, and I need to, I need to wake up, because I'm waiting, and I'm stuck. I'm asleep. I'm a zombie. So I try to think. What is a safe way of waking up? Safe? Getting hit by a car? Exactly. COVID safe. Problem solved. So, I picked a street close enough to my house that if I got hurt, I could go to the hospital far enough no one needs to know. I picked a street where cars drive slowly and infrequently, but are usually distracted. I planned meticulously for this moment, and then this wow that's here's my therapist he's decent trust me actually here's my card call me if you need anything sure i've really got to go i'm super late for what my treatment wait what Chemotherapy. You have cancer? Yeah. You let me go on about my stupid little privileged problems and you have cancer? Yeah, pretty much. Can you please stop saying it? It's kind of triggering. Oh, oh, oh my god, yes. I'm so sorry. Wow. Holy shit. Huh. You seem awake. Holy shit, yeah. Wow. I'm such a selfish asshole. No. So fucking selfish. Look, here's your phone. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Um, okay. And I'm just, oh, oh my God. Well, I'll just leave you to talk to yourself. Oh my God, no, I'm so, so sorry. It's fine. No, no, it is not. I got so into my shit and... Oh my God, I jumped in front of your car. Your car. I could have landed you in jail. Well, yeah. For vehicular manslaughter. Oh my God, do you have kids? 
No. Oh, phew. Thank God. Just two nephews. Oh my God. Oh no. You, I. Stop uh, it, please. I can't. I. Oh. I get it. You're feeling guilty and you can't deal with it. I, I just. Shush. Listen, I'm late and I really have to get going. Yes, yes, of course. Oh my gosh. You, get home and take it easy, okay? You're going to want to live again. You can call me if you ever need anything. And give my therapist a call too, okay? Okay. Good. Wait. Just one question. Yes? Why are you being so nice to me? Life sucks, right? Yeah. Hey, I've been there. Someone woke me up. Why not pass it on? Pass it on? Yeah. Alana hugs him. Oh, um... Thank you. You're welcome. Now, are you okay? I'm awake. Okay. Okay. Here's your phone. Thank you. End of play. It Might Be Time by Lon Lon Honda Rottler. Welcome, welcome. <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty dense. The smoke will dissipate in a couple minutes. Where, <coughs> where is this place? Good question. Now, how'd you die? Die? Car accidents too flashy, something more low-key, maybe a disease? Yeah, I could see that. Am I dead? Why am I here? More good questions. You're definitely younger, so there can't be too much wrong with you. I'm... Wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. You kept to yourself focused too much on your grades, didn't talk to your grandparents enough, never thanked your parents for anything. How did you know all of that? I've been haunting your family for centuries. What? I'm kidding. I was just making an, an assumption. I guess I was a little too accurate. Um, yeah. Come on, ghost joke. You gotta keep it lighthearted in the afterlife. Things can get gloomy. This is all kind of new to me, so if you could reel it back on the jokes. Is that one of your three wishes? My what? You watched Aladdin, right? You know what a genie is. I just said, could you reel it all back? All right, all right. But you can silence me for only so long. So how'd you die? That's a little personal. We're both dead. You died. I died. There's no shame in that. I could go first if you'd like. Actually, I have some questions. Ooh, all right. I'm still going to circle back to this, though. We have, like, eternity, so we got to keep the conversation going. Um, sure, whatever. Where is this exactly? 
Well, we're dead. Yes. So this is the afterlife. Yeah. Ta-da! No, what I meant is- No, I know. You want answers, yeah? Yeah. I feel ya. I felt the same way when I first came here. You know, when I died, I had to figure all this out on my own. So you're pretty lucky having someone like me around. Okay. I'm just saying dying can be scary, especially when you're alone. But you don't have to worry about that now that I'm here. No offense, but you don't seem like the most reliable person. You're very cynical, aren't you? I just want to know where I am. All right. You want a reliable tour guide? I'll give you a reliable tour guide. See that over there? Uh, no. Look real closely. See anything? There isn't anything there. Exactly. And that's what it's like for, well, forever in that direction and every other direction. So we're in some void? My guess is that this is in between, a halfway kind of place where a certain type of people are sent until they're ready to move on. And that type is? Well, since I'm here and you're here, that means... We have something in common. Now, what could that possibly be? I have a hard time believing we're alike in any way. Come on, we're getting along pretty well so far. How old were you when you died? Um, that's a little personal. Uh-huh. Age, please. Six. What? Just kidding. 24. I was 22. Have you met any other ghosts around that age? I don't think age is the unifying aspect here. It's a start. You've been here for how long? You must have some idea by now. You're pretty keen to leave, aren't you? Aren't you? You want to stay in a place like this forever? It's not so bad. It's also not anything. Like I said, not bad. How long have you been here, exactly? I mean, kind of hard to tell with the lack of clocks and whatnot, but if I had to make a guess, I'd say around 50 years. So you've been here for 50 years and have never wanted to escape? Not really. It's just mist and quiet here. What's not to like? I don't believe that at all. You've been talking nonstop since I got here, and you want me to believe that you're some quiet introvert whose biggest wish is for some tranquil alone time? A guest is a guest. It would be rude of me not to entertain them with some lively jibber-jabber. I think you were lonely. <laughs> what makes you think that? And your reaction proves I'm right. It does not. So I'm wrong? Well, no. Exactly. No. You're partially right. So you are lonely. I'm not lonely. There's just more to why I've been here so long. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I did want to leave at first, obviously. I mean, who wouldn't? There's nothing to do or see, no one to talk to. Just me and my thoughts. Fun. Yeah. That changed the first time I met someone else here. When was that? About 40 years ago. And how many have you met since then? 13, including you. All of them have managed to leave. So there is a way. It is possible. You don't seem too happy about it. 
Just because it's possible doesn't guarantee it'll happen. Everyone I met has managed to move on, but I'm always the one left behind. I'm sure sooner or later you'll be picked to go. But how does it work? They just suddenly up and disappear out of their control? Who causes it? I suspect it's me. Care to explain? Every person who comes here carries a huge burden with them. It's usually family-related guilt or self-esteem stuff, but there's been a decent variety. That's why I was so accurate with your issues. I've gotten pretty good at this over the years. You're like a bloodhound for trauma. But this stuff people carry around, they're usually so used to it that it, they don't even realize that it's there. So when I notice it, point it out, I accidentally help them come to terms with it. I think that release is the catalyst for people to leave. You help them. I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> it just happens. I think you do actually want to help them. If you really didn't want them to leave, you wouldn't tell me any of this stuff. Yeah, well, apparently I'm not smart enough to keep my mouth shut. So, why are you here? You didn't think you were a good person, or...? <laughs> not by a long shot. Why? What did you do? You want me to list out everything I failed to do to be a good person? We're going to be here a while. I mean, literally. We've got time, apparently. All right. I haven't overshared in a couple decades now. <laughs> Might as well. Why not? You don't have to if you don't want to. I would love to. Okay, buckle in. I was never satisfied with what I had. I quit more hobbies and jobs than I could count. Never fully committed to a relationship and... Wow. But if I had to pick a singular, most prominent reason for me being here, I'm a liar. Oh, come on. What? Everyone lies at some point in their life. But that's amateur lying. Like, maybe you said that you were more experienced than you actually were for a job interview or assured someone that their outfit looks good when it actually looks hideous or told a friend they killed it during a performance when it was bland at best. That stuff doesn't come anywhere near what I did. I'm talking real high quality, complex lying. I lied to family, friends, people on the street, people I work with. I lied to get into places. I lied to get out of things. And sometimes I just lied for fun. Actually, everything I've told you so far has been a lie and this is actually hell. You're in hell right now. That was another joke, by the way. Let me know if they're ever going to start being funny. Judging by your standards, probably won't happen. Mm-hmm. So, I lied so much that no one really actually knew who I was. And after a while, the same went for myself. I had created so many fake versions of myself, I forgot which one was the real me. I feel like I've read that in a book somewhere. You probably did, because I stole that quote from a book. Seriously? Okay, the way I explained it wasn't exactly original, but the gist is still there. I do actually lie a lot, and I do think that's what landed me here. Does it really matter whether or not you're telling the truth? What? 
it's annoying, sure, but I don't think it's something that you need to punish yourself about for eternity. Lying and talking too much aren't your only traits. You're not all bad. Accidental or not, you've been helping those people. I think you just needed someone to ask for a change. I do talk too much, don't I? Yeah, you do. But I don't mind listening. So, is this usually how it goes with the people you've talked to? Oh, you little... Oh, I see what you did! (coughs) (coughs) Didn't think that would actually work. Okay. This is fine. Just me and my thoughts. (coughs) (coughs) Hello? Is someone there? That was quick. Uh, welcome! End of play and end of show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this audio play reading of Emerging Voices by theater students from Ruth Asawa School of the Arts. Valentine's Day is Overrated by Hannah Rudolph featured Edward Hong as Mike and Jasmine Washington as Naya. The Last Dinner by Karen Ear featured Stephanie Fields as Evelyn, John Cody Fasano as Ray, Pilar Gonzalez as Lucy, and Scott Schwertfeger as Miles. Chekhov's Gun by Colton Hitchcock featured John Cody Fasano as Jake slash Jacob, Jasmine Washington as Cassie slash Juliet, Scott Schwertfeger as Clerk slash Eli, and Stephanie Fields as narrator. Unknown by Lucia Pachinski Hoops featured Stephanie Fields as Heather, Jasmine Washington as Martha, and Pilar Gonzalez as Unknown. The Exit by Philip Wong featured Edward Hong as Esteban, John Cody Fasano as Pete, Jasmine Washington as Anya, and Scott Schwertfeger as Danny. Reunited by Itohan Idia featured John Cody Fasano as Robert, Stephanie Fields as Rebecca, and Pilar Gonzalez as Maya. Awake by Sally Meeks featured Scott Schwertfeger as Phil, Pilar Gonzalez as Alana, and Stephanie Fields as narrator. It Might Be Time by Lon Lon Honda Rottler featured Jasmine Washington as Ghost One, Pilar Gonzalez as Ghost Two, and Stephanie Fields as Ghost Three. Sandcastle Theatre Company is committed to nurturing and producing new plays growing a broader theater community, and creating accessible opportunities for people to experience original stories. You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash Sandcastle Theater Co. and at Sandcastle Theater Co. on Instagram.